Hi friends, welcome to the Kansas City MomCast, a place to learn, connect, and grow in a relevant and intentional way. We're your hosts, Sarah and Megan. Join us as we interview experts in the field and hear from local moms just like you. This is a podcast for Kansas City moms by Kansas City moms. We know that your time is precious and we're grateful you've chosen to spend some of it with us. Thank you for being a part of the Kansas City Mom Collective community. Hi, friends. Welcome back. According to Defend Young Minds, the average age of first porn exposure is only nine years old. Early exposure to pornography, especially today's violent, degrading porn, can lead to major problems later in life, including increased risk of addiction, sexual abuse, mental health issues, and unhealthy views of sexual intimacy. Here to help us tackle this issue are Tracy Foster and Jamie Gordon from Screen Sanity. Tracy is Screen Sanity's co-founder and executive director, and she has co-authored two books to educate and guide parents and mentors in digital wellness for their families. Before Screen Sanity, Tracy invested 15 years developing growth strategies for some of the world's leading organizations. On a project for one of the largest toy companies, she was captivated by the power of play in children's emotional, social, and cognitive development, fueling her passion for rethinking cultural norms around technology. Jamie Gordon is a licensed master's level social worker. She has worked in several different settings with her work primarily serving youth and families. Jamie currently serves as the intake coordinator at Hush Blackwell's Human Trafficking Clinic, where pro bono legal aid and case management is provided for survivors of labor and sex trafficking. She also serves as a supporter and consultant for Screen Sanity. We are so appreciative of both Tracy and Jamie's time today on such an important issue. Let's get started. Hi, Jamie and Tracy. Welcome. Thank you so much. Hi. Hello, hello. Mm -hmm. So this is the second time, actually, we've had Screen Sanity, um, formerly known as Start, on the podcast. So for those of you um, who are listening that aren't familiar, could you ladies tell us a little bit about Screen Sanity, uh, what your mission is, and maybe a little bit about the name change? Absolutely. So Screen Sanity was an organization, a nonprofit started here in Kansas City by a few moms who were just really feeling overwhelmed by how to best handle technology in our homes. And we felt we realized that we were the first generation trying to navigate this. So we joke a lot, you know, you can call your parents or your aunties or whoever was a meaningful person who helped raise you and ask them for advice. And they'll give you encouragement, but it'll probably end with, I'm so glad I didn't have to deal with that. Uh-huh. And we joke that almost everyone reads what to expect when you're expecting. But what we really need now is a what to expect when you're tech expecting. How do we do this? How do we navigate that? And so then the third place that we oftentimes get parenting advice after going to elders and books is those parents just a little bit ahead of us. And so that's what we did four years ago when we started this organization. And we were just really startled by the fact that as we, you know, naively, eagerly went to those parents just a little bit ahead of us, ask them, hey, how should we handle these big questions? Like, when should I give my kid a phone? How, how should I handle social media? Mm-hmm. What are you doing about video games? Those questions that just felt like the pressing needs that we felt. When we asked in general, what we were hearing back was kind of deer in headlights, 
uncertainty of, I don't know, I'm really struggling with that. And I, I, I encourage you to try to do something different because it's not going well. And so we just felt like the only way that we can try to figure out, you know, this whole new thing for our generation is to do it together and to try to learn from each other and take away the stigma. Because a lot of those conversations ended with people saying, here's something that happened and I've not told anyone that this happened. So there was so much shame. And so we create trainings, tools, and tips that are mom designed and really intended for, we are our own end user. So there are things that we hope are helpful for us. So things like trainings, there's a book club course that you can just get together other moms. You can text them and say, Hey, I'm trying to figure out what to do about tech. Do you want to come and talk about this and tools, which we'll talk about somewhat in our conversation today, I'm sure, as well as tips on our blog, just things to help start that conversation and help you feel equipped as we navigate this new frontier. Awesome. Can you tell us why did you guys switch from the name Start? Because last time we had you guys on, it was Start. So why yes. switching from Start to Screen um, Screen Sanity? Yeah, um, we were so excited to make the shift when we first started. Part of our name was the fact that we knew that we wanted to make sure that people didn't feel overwhelmed, like they had to do a 100 point checklist and be perfect. It was just about mm-hmm. starting. And um, that was the best we had then. But we realized it was really confusing. It was hard to Google. You had to explain it a lot. And as we started to talk about what are we trying to help people have, it's screen sanity. Screens can do amazing things. But I think almost all of us are looking for a little bit of screen sanity. And so we started to use that phrase and then realized we love that phrase. That's actually who we are. And so we hope that it communicates to people this absolutely judgment-free, just just like supportive. We're alongside you. We're other people in the fight trying to get screen sanity. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, we're here to help. That's awesome. 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 So you kind of led into this, uh, my next question, which you were talking about, like the amount of shame that can come out of um, situations Mm -hmm. with your child at home. So I think in general, I think it's really easy for us as parents to think that our kids just won't experience some of these things like coming across porn, especially at mm-hmm. a young age. So I actually, um, you were so kind to send a few awesome links. Your guys' blog is awesome. Highly recommend everybody read it and check it out. Um, I read a story on there um, called Naked Kissing, mm-hmm. and it was very shocking, but then it also wasn't shocking at the same time. I don't know if that <laughs> that's a feeling. I'm shocked, but I'm not shocked. Um, <laughs> yeah. Can you share that story with our listeners? Yeah. So um, what happened was something that honestly, we have heard this story time and time and time again. But basically, a mom was in her daughter's room. The daughter quickly put away the iPad in a way that raised concern on mom radar. And she picked up the iPad and looked at what was on it. And her her sweet eight-year-old girl had some very hardcore pornography videos playing on her iPad. The mom was shocked, did her best to try to not make her daughter too overwhelmed. Um, But the daughter, you know, broke down in tears, clearly knew that something bad was happening. And as the mom started to unpack it, what had happened was the girl had been at lunch one day at school and someone asked at the lunch table, have you ever watched naked kissing videos? And I think about the questions like that, that were not that exact question when I was a kid, but questions like that, like, do you know what this is? And I remember I would go to my best friend's older sister and ask her like, what is this? You know, cause you like want to be cool. You don't necessarily want to ask your parents cause it might be awkward. Mm-hmm. Well, instead of asking your best friend's older sister now, you just ask Google. Yeah. And so that's what this eight year old girl did. She got home from school. She Googled naked kissing and you can only imagine what popped up. 
And what really led it to spiral is just like our kids see share like at the end of a video of dude perfect, which is one of our family's favorites. It's like, share this video. Okay. Yeah. I'll share it with my friends. This was hilarious. Um, she shared it with a group of girls from her, essentially her girl scout troop on, um, Facebook messenger. Mm-hmm. And so she shared it with four or five other girls who then watched it and started sharing content back and forth with each other. And so when this mom, discovered it on that iPad. She looked back at some of the timestamps and it had been happening for like four months. These girls had been watching this, this content. Oh my gosh. And, you know, I think that's also, I think maybe me being naive, I was like, well, why does, why does messenger allow that stuff to be sent? Well, Mm -hmm. I mean, apparently it is. So it's just so much of this, I think is like you said, just trying to remove the shame as a parent and just building awareness and educating ourselves as to how easy this stuff can unfortunately go down and make its way into our home and our kids' screens. Yes. And I'll say just one more thing on that, which is we work actively to encourage these big tech companies or Congress to try to help protect us. And I hope that they will. But one of the big things that's really kindled our passion for this is, hey, we can't just wait until they do that. And parents have a lot of things. We there are there is a surprising number of things that we can do once we realize that this is happening to try to provide some little ways to make it, you know, a, a little less likely for our kids to fall into some of this. So perfect segue into our next question. Um, in lieu of, you know, action by tech companies, um, what are some things parents can do if you? are approaching the age when your kids might have a little bit more freedom online, um, like house rules or are there certain apps or like filters you recommend? What is the best protection? Yeah. You know, the good news on this is that we as parents do actually have some relatively simple things that we can do to help, to help our kids in terms of house rules. One of them is we recommend to every family that they get some type of a filter at the router level. Because there are, there are so many things that our kids fall into accidentally or even intentionally that getting that filter on the router level can help it so that if your kids type in whitehouse.com instead of whitehouse.gov, they don't get, they don't get to it. A funny story is even just recently, Christina Aguilera released this beautiful new version of her song, Beautiful, that um, the music video that shows some of the challenges that our kids are facing with social media. I was watching that video and at the end, it's a call to action to go to her website. And so I clicked to go to her website and my filter popped up and said, I'm sorry, you can't go to that website. I had to text a friend and say, wait, where is this going? But it turns out her new album or something is called Stripped and the picture on her website was super provocative. And so- that's awesome. It's awesome. I was like, it's working. And one of the things that I love about filters is this is not so many parents are hesitant about it because they feel like it could risk seeming like they don't have trust, but it actually is just like how we have our kids wear a seatbelt in the car. This is a safety thing. And ideally it covers all of you. So I wasn't allowed to watch my Christina Aguilera website that or access it. That was a really fun, neat thing to be able to share at dinner. Like it affects me too. Right. Um, so filters are one thing. Another thing is really setting norms as much as possible that devices are used in communal areas. Um, We're not necessarily going to talk specifically about nudes today, but we have some resources about nudes. It's the new first base. Kids are, kids are, you know, taking nudes, sending them left and right. But we joke, nudes are very rarely taken in the kitchen 
or the living room, right? They're taken in the bathroom or in the bedroom. And that's the same with porn. Our kids are much less likely to watch it if they're in a place where someone might walk by and see it. Um, And then the third thing that we can definitely talk about more is just trying to help make sure that your kids see you as safe harbor, knowing that they can come and talk to you about it, ideally talking to them about it in advance. But that, as much as we wish there was an app that would just be the easy button that would make it so that our kids never fall into this and never see it, we have a huge opportunity to help step in and create that safe space in our home where our kids know that they can tell us anything and that we won't overreact. Yeah. Perfect segue again into our next question. So kind of being that safe place for our kids, tell us a little bit about having like a porn talk. I feel like it's just crazy because I feel like, you know, I don't know, 20 years ago, it's like sex talk and not not that that's gone. It's definitely not gone. Um, but now we have this, you know, in addition, um, because it's so pervasive. So tell us about having that talk with our kids probably more of a conversation because it's an ongoing conversation. Um, What age and then why should we bring it up? Because I think sometimes kind of the other side of it that I hear just in the parenting world is like, well, like, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to just tell them what that is. I don't want to just bring it up out of nowhere, you know, if they haven't seen it. Um, So tell us why we should have that talk, what age and why. So I think that's a really good point that you bring up is it's like, oh, I don't want to tell my kids that this exists if they don't mm-hmm. know. But actually mm-hmm. what studies are finding is that education is a huge com- um, component to prevention. So it's important for us as parents to be having these hard and yes, like very awkward conversations. Um, yeah. And so I think for some families, you know, some parents are okay to just naturally have these conversations, right? They can just bring up the hard um, topic and do it their way. And then there's a whole rest of everybody else that's pretty much like, I don't even know where to start. Like, how do I say this? You know, where do I, where do I turn to? And so one book that we really love is called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. Yep. And then they also have a Good Pictures, Bad Pictures Junior. And I think these books are so helpful because it's written out there for you, right? Like you don't have to come up with the words. It can just be a conversation with your kids of, you know, the same way I want you to hold your my, hold my hand when you're crossing the street mm-hmm. or wearing a seatbelt in the car. I just kind of want to go over some things that are going to help you be aware and safe online. And um, these conversations look different for kids at different ages. Um, the good pictures, bad pictures, junior, they recommend for kids ages three to seven. So they're going to probably not use as extensive language. They might not even say the word pornography. It may just be, you know, a bad picture or an inappropriate picture, whatever kind of you're comfortable using in your dialogue. But then for the older group, you know, the eight, nine and 10 and up, they're going to be naming that. And I really love that piece of naming it pornography for the older kids, because Mm -hmm. I feel like it really externalizes what it is. It separates what it is from the kiddo, if that makes sense. Because, Mm -hmm. you know, we hear that it's bad, but it doesn't mean you are bad as the child. So I really like that it gives it a name. And then it also helps kids when they see something like that in their head, they go, oh, I know what that is. That's pornography. I don't want to look at this. You know, and that's where... um, 
it's important to be having these kind of early and preventative conversations. And also, I know there's probably a lot of parents that say, well, my kid's only three or four, you know, I don't think I need to do that yet. But I kind of always think about like when we go to the pediatrician every time, starting from probably two years on, I feel like our pediatrician always says, just so you know, no one should ever, you know, touch your body that isn't mom mm -hmm. or dad or a doctor in the room with your parents. So like we are plugging that at two and three years old. So I think it's okay and appropriate to be saying to those age kids, hey, if you're ever watching something on your iPad and you ever see anything with, you know, people don't have their clothes on, you should look away immediately and come and get mom and dad. It's mm -hmm. just a simple kind of blanket statement. It doesn't even have to go into the depths of, you know, what you're going to be talking to a teenager about. Sure, sure. And I think, and I think we can kind of easily wrap that also into just, you see anything that makes you feel uncomfortable, makes you feel scared, you know, such as, <laughs> yes, you know, but yeah, that's really good. Really, really good. And kind of like Tracy spoke on earlier, you know, we have this kind of um, mantra, the practicing your I'm not shocked face. So that, you know, when yep. your kids are coming to you and telling you this, the more calmly that you can react, you're leaving that door open for tough conversations in the future as well. You know, so when your kiddo comes to you, if you can calmly react and, you know, kind of start to ask the questions instead of totally freaking out, which you can go have your freak out moment in your closet or your bathroom later, right? I mean, that's what we're doing as parents. But if you can kind of act not shocked when they tell you they are just going to be more likely to come to you in the future with things because they will understand my mom can un like she can handle mm -hmm. what I'm about to tell her yeah. as opposed to she totally freaked out about this yeah. I don't think I should tell her what this really was yeah yeah that's so good so you guys have been talking a lot about like iPads and I think that's how we all envision our kids encountering images or videos um, but you kind of alluded to nudes and I had a conversation with one of my kids about, you know, of course it's, you know, at holiday time or birthday time, they're always, you know, asking for a phone, which we're not on that train yet. But one of the things I talked about was in text messages, sometimes, you know, things get sent that you can't like take back. Um, and so can you talk a little bit about, you know, maybe their first encounter might not be on an iPad innocently it could be through text or um maybe social media apps that we're not even you know privy to yet but can you talk a little bit about you know phone safety and in relation to images that we don't want them to see well i really think that so much of that feeds on what jamie was just talking about is when you start to have the conversation about this type of content it spans any platform it spans they saw it on the tv at some friend's house or they saw it on their own device or some student sent them a photo which by the way many times is unsolicited okay so just and, and i would even say Many of those things, I don't know, a lawyer might tell me differently, but many of those things are still innocent things that they go after. Or even I still, just for my own heart, as I look at my kids, I still even think, hey, if they, like a lot of kids are using things like porn for like sex ed, like they start with something that's innocent. And these websites and these these algorithms, these cookies, they are really making it so hard for our kids 
So I just want to say, no matter how they come across it, even if you come across it once they've been going down the, the rabbit hole for months, I encourage all parents to just know this is a really hard road, what our kids are fighting. It is nothing like what we experienced. It would make, I often say it would make things like Playboy or whatever, finding a Playboy magazine in some random place and hiding it, it would make that seem quaint. So I just want to start by acknowledging that it is a really hard road for our kids. And if you start these conversations, I think they can apply across almost any platform. So that then if your kid, to the point of Jamie's I'm not shocked face, if your kid comes to you and says they got this like, whoa, look at what Jimmy just sent me, or it could be a boy or a girl, you can then be in a position to say all of those same things like she said, like, whoa, that's a lot. Were you expecting that? You know, and you can start to have that conversation with them calmly before you then go into your closet and freak out. Oh my gosh. Jamie, what uh, well, and I think to kind of piggyback on, you know, what Tracy's talking about is these porn companies, this is a billion dollar industry. It is a money maker. So their motive is to get users and to get them hooked, you know, and we're, we hear stories. I went to a training, um, for a social work CEU and it was on, you know, human trafficking and pornography and whatnot. And they were talking about how, like these companies know that, you know, 10 minutes into a video, say on like YouTube, they, they are researching when parents are walking out of the room. So when you're like, okay, this seems safe. I'm going to go switch the laundry over, take the dog out, you know, whatever at that point. And then all of a sudden Peppa Pig has become pornographic and you think mm -hmm. you were watching something else. And this is strategic on their part. It is an accident for our kids to come across it, but it is strategic on their part. And so that's where I think this is such a tough conversation and like, we all want to deny it, right? Like this is oh, hard. Yeah. Yes. This is hard. And so I think just to be aware as parents, like don't have the blinders on, you mm -hmm. know, is huge so that we are prepared because it's most likely not going to be if they see porn, it's going to be when yeah. because of how prevalent it is. So do you have a plan in place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, oh, go ahead, Sarah. Well, I was going to say I was checking my son's Gmail account, which he only uses to sign in to like video games or things like that. Um, and luckily he had like 3,000 unread messages, <laughs> but half of them were porn. Or no like, way. Oh and my it's bam, but you know, I, I, and I just need to go, you know, through and create lots of filters but I was surprised and so I asked you know have you seen any of this and he hadn't and I could see that he'd never viewed it but um it led you know, into a good a good conversation but it was full there were thousands <laughs> video games is a huge outlet of a way they come through too we hear a ton through like a Roblox and Minecraft yes. and things that we right. think you know oh this is harmless like they're building little things with little blocks yes. like how bad can this be you know, and it's not intended to be bad. It's just the way that they're getting in. You know, they why, want access. Why are right. these why are these companies, this is not on our script, why are these companies <laughs> going after a five year old? It doesn't make sense. And Tracy, maybe but you like, have makes more me to add so to it. So upset. Like I don't understand. I totally get them trying to infiltrate even like teen I mean, that's not okay. It's not okay for them to infiltrate anybody. However, when you are literally purposely 
sneaking stuff into like a cartoon for a young kid, like how do mm -hmm. you sleep at night? How do you <laughs> that is the million night? dollar question. I, this <laughs> makes me rage, rage, rage. It makes me rage too. And it makes me not sleep at night. Sometimes yeah. there are actions that should be keeping them up at night because it is just crazy. And I think one it's of the insane. things that's so hard is whenever our kids have access to the internet, they have access to people all over the world. Yeah. And these people are going so far out of their way. So Jamie and I actually just recently came across an ad in a um, sports-related app that is one of the biggest ones used in youth sports and one that frequently we give our kids and are like, okay, what field are we on, whatever. And this company handled this excellently. I'm not going to say their name, but there's no criticism of them. But what happened on the homepage of that app was there was actually a pornographic ad targeting kids. I mean, in bubble letters, in are you bored? Come join me on the homepage of this app. Okay. Right. And so we immediately contacted them. Their CEO was so responsive. It got taken down, but he shared with us. He's like, I just want to tell you how that happened. They make their app free for some users. Mm -hmm. And so they have some paid ads, you know, with big partnerships, but then they also get some just through, uh, you know, Google ad space, ad buys and Google has rules that they're not allowed to do this, but this specific ad had gone through multiple different veilings to try to hide their URL. It was a, it was a not anyone from even within the, it doesn't matter where it was. That could be a political comment. Who cares where this ad came from? But it is someone who our kids would never have access with. And this person was going to such great lengths to find a way to infiltrate. It just, I mean, Jamie mentioned it's a billion dollar business. That's the best thing yeah. I can understand because otherwise it's just unfathomable and it is heartbreaking yeah. that that this is happening to our kids. Yeah. So for all the parents who do have kids on Roblox and Minecraft who are now <laughs> that are all now in a panic, <laughs> panicking, um, other th other than the conversations that we need to have with our kids, is there anything they can do other than like a total ban on mm, <laughs> yes. fun games? Yeah. Yes. Well, Tracy and I laugh about this a lot. Not laugh, but we're like, our kids are probably like, our moms are so mean. And like, mm -hmm. you know, our moms always want to talk about porn. We always joke that they're like, are going to go to school and say that. And we're going to be like, oh my gosh, no, that's not what they mean. <laughs> so I think, and Tracy, you can add more to this too, but I think kind of going back to what, um, Tracy said about, you know, even having the games in common areas, can you keep it in the living room? You know, something like that, as opposed to bedrooms, can you put on any layers of filtering of who they're allowed to interact with? I mean, my boys have a couple games that they play and I just don't, they're not allowed to play it on the internet. It's just them playing each other, mm -hmm. you know, or they're playing the game themselves. And I just try to explain to them, you know, if so some stranger rang our doorbell, would you let them come in the house? Probably yeah. not. It's the same thing. If you don't know Joe in Mississippi, Joe doesn't need to be in our house. Joe doesn't need to be interacting <laughs> with our family. So yeah. I try to kind of explain it that way. If there's friends that you know are their friends and you can have it just kind of set up where they're just playing buddies from school. I mean, I don't think it's realistic to just ban, you know? I mean, mm -hmm. we want to, right? But <laughs> it's just, that's not the real world. And so... That would be kind of some of my suggestions. I don't know, Tracy, if you have more to add to that. Totally. I agree with that completely. 
And I do think it makes it harder that we as parents, if we could just be like, okay, you're never going to have, if we could just throw all technology in the lake, you know, that seems like it would be easier. But our goal here is to help our kids learn how to regulate. So the more that we can model that, the more that we can talk about that, exactly like what Jamie said of giving that metaphor of like, hey, here's why, you know, we wouldn't just let that person in. They get that. They know that they've learned that and helping them translate that. One other thing I'll just add is whatever our kids are into, one of our biggest recommendations is step into their world. So if they're playing these games, Roblox, Minecraft, whatever, in addition to, as Jamie mentioned, having them play it in the living room or the family room or wherever is more public, but take some time to actually play with them. Or (laughs) some kids are like, wait, mom, you're going to destroy my score. There's no way that you can play as me or whatever, but like play as one of the other players or watch them say, hey, could you take me on a tour of your Minecraft world? And um, that can be a great way to just even start to show that you care and that you're engaging with them there so that then when there are harder things that you have to talk about, they know that you aren't just, you know, anti it. You you see the fun, but oh man, I see that this is really fun, but gosh, I just heard from someone's mom that this happened to them. Have you ever seen stuff like that? It just helps you open up that conversation. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what do we do if our child, whether it's on a game, phone, app, computer, whatever. What do we do when our child, when our child um, has seen porn? Like, how do we explain that? Um, Why it's bad, how it causes problems? Like, what do you do? (laughs) Well, and my answer to that question, you know, really does kind of depend on what's the age of the kiddo and what are we talking about? Is this their first exposure or is this them coming to you saying, mom, I have been watching porn for six months and like, I cannot focus on anything else. So, you know, I kind of have different answers to um, different levels, but in general, um, you know, I really like on defend young minds. That's a great website that has Mm -hmm. a lot of information. Um, they kind of have like a basic defense plan. They call it that, um, you know, they want it, they want you to talk with your kiddo that includes a definition. So they will recognize what they're seeing a warning. So this will be the reasons that they have to reject it. And then like a plan. So the warning part, you know, I think every family is different on maybe, you know, how they want to warn them. I like to get, so I have a 12 year old son and a nine year old son and then a five year old girl. So my conversations with my 12 year old son is a little different. So with him, I share with him, you know, that pictures like this pornography is like a drug. It is the same as ingesting a drug. You know, you hear at school, Hey, don't do drugs. It's the same thing. It can actually physically change your brain. It can change the way it regulates emotion, attention, um, your prefrontal cortex. I mean, he doesn't know what that means, but I'm just trying to give him a basic breakdown of the reason why I share this with you is because it can actually change the way your brain is going to think. So that's kind of my warning for him. Mm -hmm. Um, Because sometimes I think if I just say, oh, that's bad. It's like, well, why? Yeah. You know, so it's like they kind of need a reason why to know to turn away from it when they see it, you know? And um, so I think that, and then having a plan after that. So being able to kind of talk with them through what they've seen, if this is something that they have been struggling with and actually actively seeking out and viewing, I mean, I think that's a conversation that needs to involve a professional. 
you know, to get sure. kind of help to see how much that's really interfering with their life. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. That's very, very helpful. And, and also the other thing I would say, and this is just kind of from a therapist standpoint, I yes. just think anytime your kid can come to you with something hard, if you can look them in the eye and say, thank you so much for being brave enough to share that with me and trust me with this, it really just solidifies that connection that they feel safe coming to you because there is, I mean, and, and this is in other things too, but there is so much shame in pornography. It is confusing. If these are older boys that are looking at it or girls, it's confusing because your body can say, hey, I kind of like this, right? Like that aroused me. But then your mind is telling you that was horrible what I just watched. I feel shameful. I shouldn't be watching that. You know, so it's a very confusing topic. Um, and so I think just being sensitive to that as well. Thank you so much for addressing that because that is, I think that's everybody's worst fear, but it's something that we will all um, be dealing with. So so you guys mentioned a couple of resources um, like the books and the Defend Young Minds. Is there anything else that either Screen Sanity offers or resources that you think our listeners need to know? Well, one thing that comes to mind, we are just launching a book series. They're little workbooks. They're super cute. They could almost be carried out like a paper source. They're just fun workbooks. We're calling them the plugged in planner. But I think part of what I would want to encourage people to do is this has been such an important topic and it's one piece within a broader set of how do we handle this? And this can make you feel totally overwhelmed and so dark and so stressed. And so these resources, the plugged in planners, there are three of them, one specifically targeting preschool, one for elementary and one for middle school. And it tries to make it really inviting to consider all of these different dimensions of what your vision is for how technology can best serve your home. And this topic around fastening seatbelts and preparing for these conversations is one of nine topics. But I think it's a really easy, accessible thing. You can download it on our website or it's available on Amazon um, starting in January. So I don't know when this podcast is airing. So I'll keep the- Yes, we are, this is gonna air in February. Okay, great. So it's yes. a brand new resource that we've just launched. <laughs> there watched. you go. I know. Oh man, it feels so good. It's done. It's out there. But um, <laughs> that is probably one of my best recommendations because it's super easy and accessible. You can go through it on your own with your partner, with a, with a friend, um, and it'll point you towards more resources on whichever area of this you feel like you need the most support. Awesome. You guys have so many great resources. I, everybody, and we'll link to all this in our show notes. Um, but I mean, you could spend hours. Um, and I also wanted to plug too, you guys have a podcast. Yes, that's right. <laughs> so I listened to one and I was like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. So oh, obviously people that are you. listening are podcast people, pod people. Um, yeah. So add, and it's, okay, tell me the name of it again. It is Screen we'll Sanity. It. The Screen, Screen Sanity, Sanity podcast. podcast. Screen Sanity Podcast. So add that one to your feed. Um, Thank you, Sarah. Because I just, yeah, we all need this ongoing information. And uh, it we just do. gives me, I feel very, it makes me so anxious because my kids are only eight and five. Um, mm -hmm. But I also, it's also very empowering. I just feel like, okay, I kind of feel like I know more of what That's I'm stepping into, you know? Yes. And avoid and it. I would say... Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, go, go. No. 
Well, I was just going to say that actually one of our podcast episodes is about pornography. Yeah. It is, if we consider this conversation a 101, it's a 201. Even it really better. gets into some of the violence that our kids are seeing, helping to sure. open our eyes exactly to what you were saying, Sarah, of we don't want to just have our head in the sand. We want to know. And once we know, we can do whatever we feel comfortable doing. But when we don't know, we don't know. Yeah. So there's a podcast where we delve deep into just the two. I'll just leave it as the 201 on this topic. Um, okay. That, we'll we'll link to that one. We'll link to that one specifically. So people can okay. go listen to part two. <laughs> Mm-hmm. of this mm-hmm. joyous joyous topic I know oh, oh my gosh well ladies thank you both so much for your time and um gosh just for everything that you guys do I feel like you guys are kind of doing a lot of the leg legwork for the mom community parent yeah, community well, so thank you guys it takes both. a village yes uh, it does we're in it we're in it with you so yes yes thank, thank you, you both so much and hopefully we'll be able to have you guys back again another time Awesome. Thank you guys. All right. Absolutely. Thanks. Okay. So switching gears quite a bit to our favorite things. Sarah, what is your current, one of your favorite things in Kansas city? Well, I am super excited for spring and now that I have a baby that I get to redo all the baby and toddler things with uh-huh. um, parks and we just explored the new one at Meadowbrook Park at 95th between um Knoll and Row. okay and if you go on the east side of the park closest to Row, there is kind of toward the uh, apartments and um on that side kind of past the smaller playground with the music if you're familiar yes with um it has it's a new variety kc inclusive playground it's awesome it has a gate all around it oh um, that's amazing yes super amazing um and then there's structures for like wheelchairs to go on the slides are wider there's no steps to get on a lot of the structures um little slides there's one big slide um just lots of unique things and my seven-year-old had a blast I was going to ask, so question there, best age for what would you say? I, I don't think my big boys would have enjoyed it as much. Okay. Very briefly. Okay. Um, But I mean, it's smaller than that, the bigger playground, but I would say anything. I mean, I saw lots of little toddlers there and then I would say up to like mid elementary, but, um, I mean, there's, and there's also, there's no shade there, but there's, they added tons of those like shade canopies. Oh, that's good. It okay. will be a good option in the summer too. Nice. I don't know why all there's family, two family restrooms right outside the gate. Oh, cool. Are those yeah. new too? Yes. Oh whole, my gosh. Wow. There was nothing there before. So. Okay. Okay. Fantastic. Uh, that's amazing. I was telling Sarah before we started recording, we were at Meadowbrook Park yesterday and I wanted to go there and could not find it. And it's because I just went to the main parking lot and you just got to keep going down by the market, um, the little restaurant yeah. and the apartments. So don't do what I did. Going and it has its own little parking lot. So, okay. Awesome. Well, that one's on our list too then. How about you? Okay. So my kids, um, we're real picky on our activities of what we do just because I'm tired and anything, anything added to our schedule makes me feel very, um, 
stressed. So we found this program recently called Kids Strong, and it's new-ish to the area. I don't know when the Olathe one opened, actually. I know it's newer. Um, and then they're opening one in March, I believe, um, off of 95th and Knoll. It's a little closer. Um, and what it is, is it's a program that it's for hmm, walking age through 11. And they focus on, it's like mental, physical, and character development. So it's just a really unique program. Um, my son thinks it's like a ninja class. <laughs> so they do a lot of that kind of stuff. You know, they're like doing balance beams and climbing across stuff and jumping through things. But I love the beginning of the class. They start, they have like a little, um, I don't know if chant is the right word, but it's, I am strong. I am brave. I can do this. And it's all about confidence I building. I know it's really, I just, gosh, I just love it. Um, and then let's see, then they work on talking to a neighbor and that they don't know and introducing uh-huh. themselves and shaking their hand. And then they, you know, greet their um, coach and um, they work on making eye contact. And it's just a lot of like social skills built in cooperation. So a lot of times they'll pair off and do an exercise together and it's listening, following directions. There's just so much to it. Um, and if my eight-year-old daughter endorses something, that means it's actually really, really, well, at least to her standards, very good. She's just, she's real picky on stuff. And after the first class, she was so happy and could not wait to go back. Um, and then there's also a parent app too, where you can connect things like they they work on earning badges there, uh, kind of scout esque. And then at home they can earn badges too. Now I'm not, um, with it enough as a parent to be on top of that. But if you are, (laughs) it's a cool tie-in between the program and home, Um, you know, like listening, doing chores, doing this, being helpful. Um, And they have a sticker chart where they can earn things at home too. So it's just really um, very, very neat. It's once a week. It's 45 minutes, I believe, 45 or 50 minutes and um, small classes. So it's limited size. And I love that my eight and five-year-old can do it at the same time because I'm all about the time consolidation. So if, if one of my kids was, you know, um, a toddler, they would be in a separate class. But I think the class they're in together is five to eight, I think is that age range. So it worked out very nicely. So yeah, but their website is just kidstrong.com if you're interested. Um, but it's just really unique. So yeah. yeah, it is cool. That is cool. Okay, friends, I hope everybody is enjoying moving into springtime, um, hopefully rapidly. And um, we will catch you guys here next time on our next episode. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you again for spending part of your day with us. We would love for you to share this podcast with other Kansas City moms, as well as rate and review, as this helps others find us. We would also love to hear from you, whether it's to share what you loved about today's episode, an idea for a future topic, or just to tell us how you're doing. We are here for you. You can email us anytime at kcncpodcast at gmail.com. See you next time on another episode of Kansas City Momcast.